everybody. Welcome back to Sex and Other Human Activities. And if it's not welcome back, what are you doing? You need to go back and listen to our archive of genius over there on thecavecomedyradio.com. And of course, on your iTunes. Subscribe and, and get into it. We talk about sex and other human activities. My name is Sarah Benincasa. That is Mr. Marcus Parks. Oh, it sure as hell is. Hello. Hey, I haven't seen you in a while, darling. I know. It's it's good to be back. We've had a bit of a, a break, um, and I'll get into that perhaps a little bit later <laughs> to explain to some of our adoring podcast fans what that's about. But yeah, it's good to be here in Long Island City at the Creek in the Cave, creeklic.com. Mm-hmm. And um, I, we've just been, you know, I've missed it. I've missed doing the show, and so it's really it's really good to be back. So everybody, you can find us twitter.com slash Marcus Parks, and I am twitter.com slash Sarah J. Benincasa. I'm also at sarahbenincasa.com. And if you want to uh, ask us a question, an advice question, make a comment, perhaps. Uh, that helps a lot. We love it, um, especially if it's a nice comment or if you politely disagree. Or if you send us something that's like, you guys are cunts. <laughs> I hope you eat your own shit and die. That's interesting also. Uh, wouldn't suggest it. But hey, if that's what's in your heart, it's Sarah at SarahBenincasa.com. That is how you can reach us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Marcus, what's got? I have no sex life um, <laughs> at, at present because uh, my, my last sex partner... Flew away to Afghanistan, a tropical resort location. He's at the Sandals Resort in Kandahar, <laughs> where they just keep killing public officials like the mayor and various other people. Um, so he he is kicking it at Kandahar Airfield. So that's not happening. And I don't quite have the, the motivation, the gumption, the get up and go to uh, to hop on any other dick or vagina. <laughs> so I don't really have a sex life. What about you? Uh, well. Thought I had one. Hmm. Thought I was starting one back up up again. You know, I had a, you know, as the listeners know, I've had a very long dry spell. It's been going on for quite a while now. Wait, but wait, wait. But dry spell, you all, I, I feel like there's always girls interested in you, though, or that you're interested in as well. There's always ladies floating about. Yeah, they're floating about. They're here and there. How long uh, had it been, or has it been perhaps, since you had, had engaged in coitus? It was cold. I'll say that much. Like 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 months. Yes. Really. Yeah. That's so interesting. Okay. Uh, and so you're like, I'm thinking like, all right, I'm I'm back in the game, man. Mm-hmm. Like I'm starting to feel good about myself. I'm on this new medication. Yes. Uh, is a Risperidol. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Risperidol. Uh, I've been on that for a few weeks now, and it, it's been helping a hell of a whole lot. Like good. it's uh, it's an antipsychotic, which makes me feel a little bit weird. I think it's kind of punk rock. It's a bit punk rock. Yeah. Yeah. It's I'm <laughs> like, what's up? Marcus and I are on drugs, but I'm on an antidepressant. Marcus is on an antipsychotic. That's fucking great. Antipsychotic. <laughs> Boy. But it's not because you're psychotic because you're not. No, I'm not psychotic, even though it has run in the family a little bit in the mm-hmm. past. But that was, you know, two generations ago, and it was uh, like a great uncle. He did kill someone. Well, you know what happened. In Amarillo. That did happen. Well, it's a town called Yella. <laughs> you got to prove you ain't. So you got to kill somebody. Yes. That's it- totally justified and fine absolutely uh so 
I'm so taking this so why medicine. are you taking it? Why are I'm, you taking Risperdal? I, I'm taking Risperdal because of my OCD, you know, like mm-hmm. the OCD and uh, depression type of things that I have that's on top of the bipolar stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, you know, of course, the bipolar, that sets a nice base mm-hmm. of mental illness, you know? Like, so the Risperdal um, is at a dose that's appropriate for bipolar, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and this is funny because my dad works for the company that makes Risperdal. Um, so it's really kind of like a, just a whole a whole new world, a whole fantastic world. <laughs> <laughs> but I want you to know that if it doesn't work for you, it is not. You don't have to be like Sarah. Uh, I have to tell you, I'm breaking up with the drug <laughs> that is made by the company your dad works for, uh, Janssen Pharmaceuticals, a division of Johnson and Johnson. Well, thank you so much Based for in not Belgium. taking it personally. Uh, yeah. So you just do whatever works for you. But that's good. And and, uh, and my dad got really excited when I told him that Marcus was. <laughs> like oh really tell him there's this kind you can get injected if you want to i was like okay dad like i will and he was like very it was like very you know oh come on you want me to get fucking punk rock i ingest i inject my fucking antipsychotic no that's crazy he told me that in europe that is a more popular delivery method than it is here injections because people are just like oh whatever just inject it and then i am done whatever (laughs) um for i don't know if there's less cultural you know aversion to needles or if it's just more popular over there for some reason it's not like everybody's doing it but it's more it's not popular here but they're trying to push it a little more because it's mm-hmm. just easier any hoozles now the thing is about drugs like i'm on prozac back on prozac and trying to climb out of a deep depressive hole um any drugs uh, you know that that you put in your mouth can mm-hmm. have effects on any part of your body oh yeah they usually don't right i mean most of the time like you put a drug in your body and it it works on the part of your body it's supposed to work on um but there are you know there are side effects that can happen um drugs are what's called uh i believe contraindicated Mm -hmm. with certain conditions or certain other drugs sometimes you mix them up weird stuff happens so drugs affect the body in interesting ways leading us back to marcus's penis (laughs) penis <laughs> where all roads inevitably lead that uh, oh actually yes then it's very to true. marcus's cock <laughs> <laughs> so it's as anyone who lives in the united states right now knows that with this is the hottest summer uh, ever I think it's yeah. a, it's been like just hot, hot, hot everywhere. And here in New York, it's been particularly hot. It's been crazy hot. And I, up until very recently, in fact, up until yesterday, did not have an air conditioner. Oh my god! Did not have a, was living without an air conditioner in New York City in July in a railroad apartment, oh which makes god. it even worse. Yeah. In in a room that faced the sun rising in the morning. Oh like my it god! Was, it was terrible. It was very bad. Uh, so I've been taking this for a little while, and you know. Of course, I'm a bit of a masturbation fiend. Yeah, love uh, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it, love it. You're a big fan. Yeah. And uh, the last couple weeks, you know, I've been, you know, whenever I've been... Uh, Jack, well, Jack and the Jangle. Jack and the Jangle. I've been, whenever I've been pulling and tugging. Right. Uh, it, I've noticed, like, that I was like, huh, I'm not, you're not necessarily as, uh, as you know... As I usually am, like as my, excited about as exci- it. Well, the, as a, the, as the excited as, it, cool. as excited about it, the orgasm wasn't as good, and not as hard. Not, not getting as hard, right, you know, right. like all of that stuff. Just mm-hmm. not necessary. Like nothing was coming, and my balls kept drooping low, and they kept like <laughs> and they kept like flapping around. So whenever I was done jerking off, like my balls were kind of sore, and I was like, "I'm d- this isn't oh, even fun." Whoa. And I'm thinking like, "Oh, it's you know, it's God, it's so hot." 
You know, like it's so ridiculously hot. Maybe it's the heat. Yeah, maybe it's the maybe it's the heat. That's what I thought. Like oh. I'm thinking, like oh, like oh, it didn't even cross my mind that it was the new medication. Right. I'm like, I'm just like, man, it's so fucking hot. It's so ridiculously hot. And so you know, it's been a while since we recorded the, the last episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this was like a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I go home with a lady. Nice. And I'm pretty fucking excited. In fact, I'm just like out of my fucking mind excited. But also, I'm excited in a way that was kind of like weird. Like kind of a weird excited. It's like, yes, I'm excited for like this experience. But for some reason, my body just wasn't like the physical body just wasn't necessarily going along with mm-hmm. it. You know, it's like this is kind of like what, what what's going on? Like what's happening? Uh, and so I go home with a girl. We're in my room. It is the hottest night in New York City history. Oh, my God. Yeah. Last Saturday, or is either... There's no air conditioning. No air conditioning. Is there a fan? There's a fan. Thank God. It's like the hottest day in New York City history. And I, and we start, and it's at night. So, and we've been drinking all night long. Oh, wow. And so I start going, like, we start going, and I'm just like, I can get... Kind of hard, but yeah. then it just started going like. Marcus is making some visuals with his arm that are making me really happy right now. Wow! I'm holding my uh, your elbow. I'm holding my elbow with my left hand and my uh, right hand. Your it's forearm, if you will, my forearm is, is playing the role of his playing the role of Marcus's penis this evening. Will be Marcus's forearm <laughs> playing the role of the head of Marcus's penis is Marcus's hand, and it's just drooping. Yeah, just like goes that. down. And I'm thinking like, okay. Like, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just kind of drunk, mm-hmm. uh, and it's really hot, mm-hmm. like, you know, like this, uh, uh, whatever, it's fine. Uh, and then the next day, we wake up, start fooling around again, and we start kind of going at it, and for the very, very first time, and usually, like, I mean, I've been known to go for an hour mm-hmm. without even without even the slightest hint of softness mm-hmm. you know like just i mean just going for forever just going after it <laughs> hell one time i went for six on wow well, ecstasy was involved okay well yeah all right yeah <laughs> that's a that drug interacted with your dick in a positive way god so it interacts with it in such a positive way uh and so for the very first time in my life mm-hmm. like i'm limp after like Two minutes. Had you come or it just went? It just went. Yeah, that's just completely gone. And it was one of the most embarrassing moments of my life. Mm. Like it was ridiculous, you know, because like that's one thing. Like that's what I always say. Like no matter what, no matter what, I'm always good at sex. Mm -hmm. Like that's Mm -hmm. that's one thing that I got. You take some pride in that. I take a little bit, a little bit of pride in that. It's like okay, I'm I'm good at sex. I can do that. I'm always pretty good at writing. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I'm pretty good at that. And so when if that ability were taken from me, God forbid, yeah. you know, diving bell on the butterfly, holy shit. Oh my god, I would freak out. I'd be like, I will I will attempt to kill myself while having locked in <laughs> syndrome. I don't know how I'm gonna do it. Somebody please just seriously. Well, the only difference is that your writing actually helps people and contributes something to the world and is an artistic endeavor and, and mine uh well let's just say I'm helping one person at a time. I find 
your cock to be a healing experience. In my limited interaction with it, I've found it to be healing. Elixir-like, really. It soothes what ails you. So, uh, so, so that is a basically the thing that you a lot of your ego rests on. And I don't mean that in a bad way, not like, oh, mm. you're so egotistical. I'm saying we all have egos. Every human being has an ego. Yeah. Um, if you eliminate the ego completely, I think you're enlightened at that point, right? So uh, our egos are built on certain things. My ego is built on my ability to, to work. Yeah. And um, as is mine. Yeah. But and so when so for me, I mean, recently it's been hard for me because I haven't because I've been so depressed. I've, I haven't been able to work as much. And that has been really difficult for my ego. For your ego, you're used to going long and strong. And so this incident was just like, what? Yeah. Yeah, it was. And it was just extremely embarrassed. But thankfully, actually, the girl was really cool with it. Well, that's also a great sign Amazingly, of someone being a great enough. person. Yeah. If they can just roll with it. Or just a decent human being. If they're weirded out by it, then fuck them. Yeah. Like, if that happens once, I could see if it happens a million times and you'd never acknowledge it. <laughs> <laughs> like, and everyone's just supposed to pretend everything's just, oh, this is just how shit goes. But, you know, if it happens a few times, who ca- once, whatever, who cares? And you yeah. acknowledge it and deal with it and move on, that's fine. Yeah, and I, uh, God, I was so embarrassed because I had to say, I actually said, it's like, well, this is officially the first time I've ever said this never happens to me. <laughs> that's great. You that's, see what timing? That's good. I think it's a good thing. You know, it's not bad. It, it made her laugh, which was fine. You had your timing going uh, on. I think that's a good thing. I don't think you got to be ashamed of that. But yeah, you know, like, but you know, uh, I've gotten off the medication, and it's it's getting better. You know, to, and off Risperdal. Yeah, off Risperdal. Yeah, I'm switching over to this stuff. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I can't, I can't fucking deal. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. No, I'm not gonna deal with that so, in my life. Right. So, what are you switching to? Uh, I am switching to nifazidone. Nifazidone. Okay. Which is a uh, more. It's an more of an SSRI. Okay. Uh, only problem is that it causes liver damage in one in two hundred thousand people. But I like those odds. Uh, well, I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you what can help those odds would be if you don't drink it. That's all. not gonna happen. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm drinking right. Now. I know you are, <laughs> and I'm all right. Um, but enough about. I mean, yeah, my problems are. I mean, that's very. That's pretty small. No, that's pretty that's, un- it's inconsequential. A, no, but, but I think it's important, and I think that also your it's it's tied into your mental health. Your sexual health is very much tied into your mental health. It's true for all of us, I think, and especially for people who are very kind of just abundantly sexual, like you and I are. So, I mean, go figure. We host a show called Sex and Other Human Activities. So. The sexual can really affect what's happening in the mental health zone. So I think it's really good that you went to the doc and were like, hey, I don't like this. Let's adjust, you know? Yeah, I called her the next day. Yeah, and just see, see, you know, see how it works. Just give yourself time, you know, give yourself... I, I mean, I don't know what it is. She'll, your doc can tell you better than me, but I'd say give yourself like a few weeks to a month on each one because sometimes it takes a bit for those side effects to wear off. But, yeah. You know, see, I don't know. Like, uh, I... I I believe there is a brighter future for you. There are many options. One lesson, I think, for people listening is that there are many options for you if you are uh, somebody who suffers from from most forms of mental illness. Yeah. There are, there are very few forms of mental illness that only respond to one drug. Yeah. Most, it seems to me, speaking as a lay woman, 
most seem to respond to different if if they're going to respond at all so like supposedly being a sociopath doesn't respond to anything right right so people are kind of some people call that a mental illness other people are like no it's just evil who knows that apparently doesn't evil doesn't get cured being a sociopath <laughs> yeah. you can't cure that uh people go back and forth about that but for stuff like what i have which is depression or bipolar disorder which marcus has um there are different things you can try yeah, many Just different things. do cautionary tale, uh, not for Marcus, because Marcus knows this story, but for everybody else. Cautionary tale. If you've been feeling good for a long time, and let's say you've become a reasonably successful comedian, which means you only ask other people for money uh, once in a day instead of <laughs> once an hour, and you are holding, you've been holding down jobs, and you've had some success, and you you have some podcasts that you really love with your friend Marcus, nah. and you, uh, you know, you've done some, like, fun little TV commentary things here and there. You know, you're not famous, but you, you're getting paid sometimes to do what you love, and that's exciting. Um, and you, you know, you got a pretty, got a pretty good life going on for yourself, and you're enjoying yourself, and you're 30, but you're, you know, you're, you're enjoying yourself a young lady and life is pretty good and uh you you know you got your struggles um uh and let's say you tend to be a bit of a workaholic and uh, tend to avoid dealing with uh problems by just working and let's say you're writing a book and you're doing various other things just little word of advice word of advice you know uh just because you've been feeling pretty great overall for the past several years is not an indication that you should be like, hey, you know that drug I've been taking all those years that correlates pretty obviously with me feeling better <laughs> and being a functional human being, getting an education, getting work experience, traveling, etc.? I think that I am going to stop taking that drug. While I'm in the midst of writing a memoir about how I went crazy <laughs> and started to get better because I took that drug, I'm going to stop taking that drug. That makes a lot of sense. Don't do that because no. here's what will happen. Um, you, if you are me, you will, um, after the initial you know, several weeks where it's going great, because in, in my case, the drug is Prozac. Prozac takes a while to cycle out of your system. I was talking to uh, my friend Todd Hansen, who's been a, a writer at The Onion for, I think, 20 years. One of the originals. One of the, one of the OGs. Um, and Todd has been with The Onion, yeah, for so long. Yeah, if you um, see a picture in The Onion of a miserable guy with a beard. That's, that's Todd. Todd. <laughs> and so uh, Todd, is that like their stock photo that they use? Are they like, you're miserable, every, Yeah, every time they, they need a picture, like man plans to spend the rest of the day on couch and it shows they a just guy make on a the sad, couch. They just make a sad face and it's Todd. No, they actually take a picture of Todd. <laughs> Todd's amazing. Yeah, he is. So Todd... Uh, one of the most uh, one of the most beautifully creative and brilliant human beings you'll ever have the chance to meet. Also, one of the most the people who has struggled the most with depression in his in his own life. And so Todd is a friend of mine. And Todd was saying to me the other day, like, well, you know, it takes like six to eight weeks for it to really cycle out of your system. So of course you were feeling great for like a couple of months. You were like, this is fine, and then you fucking crashed. Like you can't you can't do that. Like you you know you know Sarah that you can't do that and I was like yes I do know that and he was like you know I did that once and and Todd told Todd was like listen if you need to feel better about yourself listen to my episode of 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 what the fuck with Mark Marin where I talk about depression and I honestly haven't been able to listen to it yet because 
I th- my guess is that it's so intense and probably I'll find it very upsetting because Todd is my friend and I care about him that even though I deal with this too, it's more upsetting to hear about it when it's somebody else. And so, and Mark's show is just so, um, it's so, in- it can be so intense because he goes to a dark place with pretty much every guest. Yeah. And you hear about their shit. And so uh, while I-, I am deeply comforted by some of it at times, I can only listen to it a little at a time. Uh, and, uh, you know, I can't listen. I can't do a marathon. I can't yeah. do like a Doctor Who marathon of what the fuck with Mark Marin. Not because it's not a great show. It is, but because it stirs up such deep things. And when I listened to Maria Bamford's episode, I was so, like, moved by it because it, you know, as a comedian, I've looked up to her for so many years. And even before then, I thought she was so fucking funny. I didn't want to be a comedian until I was about 20, uh, I think it was 25 or 26 when I started doing comedy. And um, I remember being, like, 13, 14, and seeing Maria on TV and being like, who is this lady? She is so funny. Holy shit. And so, like, getting to hear her on Mark's show, uh, talking really honestly about her struggle with intrusive thought syndrome meant so much to me um, and, and continues to mean so much to me because knowing that she has dealt with so much and knowing that there have been times when she has fallen down. I don't know Maria personally. Um, I mean, we have definitely plenty of friends in common, but knowing that um, she has fallen down and that even she has probably had to seek help sometimes, you know, like I'm seeking right now. I'm spending a lot of time home with my family, which feels so devastating and embarrassing. And maybe the only way that I can feel better about it is to, is to be open about that and talk about it. It feels so when, – when you're an adult and you are just hit with a, a bout of mental illness and you physically are all right, there is this incredible feeling of fraudulence, I feel, because – I had to pull back on a lot of my work duties because I have to go home and be with my family a lot. Um, And thank God I have that option. Because I wake up uh, terrified every morning and because I go to bed feeling regretful at night because I know that I'm going to have to start the struggle again in the morning because I had to pull back from doing a, working at a really great startup, a, a day job at a really great startup that I really like a lot. Wonderful people because of all those things. Um, and because of the fact that my body physically is okay. I mean, it's, I've, I've lost 15 pounds in two months. Um, not, necessarily in a healthy way because my appetite just disappeared because that's what happens for me with depression Uh, but because because my body on the surface is fine and yet i could not do these things and had to ask for help um i I feel shame and i feel a, a great deal of embarrassment and as an adult you feel when you're a kid it's different when i was a kid suffering from mental illness you know if you're a crazy kid um and you get the right help, that's a good thing. And nobody expects you to really have your shit together when you're a kid. And when I was 21 and I had a nervous breakdown, 
which is far, far beyond anything that's happening right now, but does share certain similarities. It was embarrassing. I felt the same feelings of humiliation, embarrassment. I know that because I wrote a book about it and I just handed <laughs> I just fucking handed the the second version of the manuscript in. So while I'm dealing today. today, two fucking day. So while I'm dealing with this really agonizing depression and and grief and anxiety, um the old bugaboo as Marcus put it, um to me once, I also have been reliving an earlier time in my life when I went through a, a breakdown. And uh, it feels like Groundhog Day. And it oh, God. Is, I know exactly what you're right? talking about. Oh, that's the worst. I mean, I was in the middle of putting together an audition uh, tape to submit to Saturday Night Live this year. I was in the middle of... Um, of doing a lot of different things, of making plans to submit packets, which I will still do eventually, to different shows that I love. I was in the middle of planning my next one-woman show, which I want to be about sex instead of mental illness. <laughs> I was in the middle of different things, looking forward to things that I still intend to do. Um, and I just got walloped. I got really hit. And part of the reason is that I went off my medication um and i did not do it with a doctor's supervision which is something that i've spoken about repeatedly on here that you must do it under a doctor's supervision and part of the reason i've been doing that in recent episodes was because i knew that i was tunneling downward and hadn't done that (laughs) so i'm a couple weeks ago i just said to i just said i can't do this something is really wrong and it was scary yes was it scary for you of course really yeah oh. <laughs> yeah you're a damn good friend of mine and i just i was watching i i've, I've seen this coming really like i i oh yeah i didn't know that oh you didn't no oh, let's yeah. talk about it <laughs> we're such radio people uh, we're like I for, I for, uh, yeah I, I, like, I, let's talk about it on the radio <laughs> Podcast. Yeah, I forgot to tell. Yeah, I, I I'd seen this coming for uh, a couple of weeks. Really? And maybe even longer. Like, how it, could you tell? Uh, just you know, little things here and there, like talking, like how, like sometimes, like canceling shows. <laughs> yeah. You know, just like just out of the blue, just like, hey, I just don't feel well tonight. Like, I oh, I yeah. can't do it. Or or talking to you um, like on Gchat or something like that and your answers wouldn't be as flowery as they usually are. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't talk as much. You wouldn't talk. Exactly. You, w- you wouldn't talk as much. <laughs> uh, That's a good and, way to tell. Yeah. 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 Uh, and just general, I don't know. You can see it in someone's eyes. You know, you, you really can't. You can just, whenever you know it and whenever you've experienced it, like, you can look at someone else and you're just like, I'm, yeah. And, and that's, and and that's, that. I didn't know what the fuck to do about it. I mean, it, it was just like, well, this is going to, like, this is going to happen. Like, know? just that I was going to get fucking depressed, like something was coming. Yeah. Something, it was just like, something's coming. I, honestly, I, I didn't know that it it was this like that it was going to be this bad yeah like i thought it would be neither did i, I <laughs> and i also didn't know that you had gone off your medication you naughty girl i know and it's so <laughs> like stupid that i did that it's so dumb and i am i am 
owning it and saying to all the great people who listen to sex and other human activities, don't do what I did because it's bad. In fact, some of you have written in about about issues like this, and I've been like, don't go off your meds. It's really important. Oh, I could, I could, be, I don't have enough digits to say how many times we've said that on this show. Yeah, we. Yeah. And it's and it's something we both truly believe, and yet I did not apply it to myself. So it's we're recording this in uh, not to put it in a temporal place because it is ageless, but we're recording this at the very end of July. Um, um, in in 2011, and so I went off meds in like February of 2011, and pretty soon after that, it was like the guy I was seeing was deployed to Afghanistan. So I was only gonna have a few more weeks with him, and I I had to move from the place I'd been living in for two years because my lease was up, and I had to find an an apartment or a new job because I'd gotten laid off. All this shit, and you know. I never have. There's been different things in my life that I haven't dealt with, and I think that sometimes depression or anxiety emerge to it's kind of your your body your soul your psyche your mind sticking up a hand and waving at you like hey remember this shit you didn't deal with well it's it's still here now sometimes it just fucking hits you and it just that's just what happens Mm -hmm. but what i have found is that because i didn't have the right coping mechanisms in place because i hadn't been in regular therapy for quite some time because i hadn't been taking medication yeah I let stuff build up and build up and build up. Losses, grieving. I still haven't grieved. I'm in the process of it now, of grieving my last breakup from last year. Um, my layoff from my you know full-time radio job, which was such a fun job and also such a fucked up job sometimes. I never really mourned that. I just, with both of those things, I was like, okay, on to the next, on to the next, on to the next. Mm-hmm. And you can only do that for so many years before inevitably you hit a wall. And I hit that wall. I got walloped. Man, if you don't deal with those feelings, those those horrible feelings of rejection and loneliness and, and fear and ag- agonizing pain, if you don't deal with them as they come up, you have... You have what I think of as like chronologically referred pain. So there's this phenomenon called referred pain, which is where there's something wrong with one part of your body, but you feel it elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's maybe there's something wrong in my brain, but um, it expresses itself as pain in my fingertips. Yeah. I'm like, what? What's going on? What's wrong with my fingertips? Well, nothing's wrong with my fingertips. Something's wrong with the nerve in my brain that goes down to whatever. I'm not a scientist. Maybe it's not a nerve <laughs> in my brain, but you know what I'm saying. So. If you don't deal with the feelings as they happen, your your body, your life, your soul, your whatever, will refer that pain to the future. And so it will come out eventually. So right now, I so I had a bunch of shit just come out at once and in the form of depression and um, back on medication and going to a lot of therapy. And it has required some scrambling. It requires schlepping. I don't like <laughs> schlepping. It requires schlepping. You know, I've been moving stuff out of my apartment um, back to my family's house. And it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to be a 30-year-old woman who, uh, you know, who thinks of herself as a pretty cool gal. And to be like, Mom and Dad, I need to come home. And to have yeah. to tell my boss, like... You know, I'm sorry. I'm really depressed, and here's what I do. To his credit, he was wonderful. He was like, "You're a freelancer anyway. <laughs> like, yeah, you're here full time, but like, you're a freelancer, so you can just scale back and just freelance from home, whatever." Yeah. And I was like, "All right." And he's like, "You know, it's not like they're paying me benefits or giving me time off anyway." So it's like, who cares? He's just sort of like, "Yeah, whatever. You're not a staff member. It's cool." And yeah. I was like, "All right." But he was actually a lot more sympathetic and great than that. Um, but I miss it. I, I miss I miss the rhythm of my life, and I miss. Uh, and it's only been a couple of weeks, but I just know that I need to take this time to 
get my shit together and, and take care of myself. And I know that when I listen to this podcast in a few weeks, I'm going to go, oh, wow, I really do feel a lot better than I was feeling when I recorded that. Mm-hmm. I already feel better than I did, say, two weeks ago. But it's a fucking slog, man. Like, I mean, you've been through it, Marcus, you know. Yeah, and actually in a very... in the same time frame same time period i suppose uh i went on uh like i had my first major break and really my only major major break kind of like you've only had one major break yeah 21 yeah 21 yeah um mine was i was like 22 23 last semester in college and that started in february uh and like it had that first break and they put me on medication, and I finished out college. Hardest fucking thing. One of the hardest things I've ever done. I, I had to, in order to finish college, I had to take a Xanax every uh, six hours. Wow. Every single six hours, I'd have to take wow. a Xanax just to just to survive. Holy I could I could have been hospital. Like you know, they offered me. Like you can either do this or you can be hospitalized, and you chose it, you chose wisely. I chose to fucking power through it. Yeah, you know, it's like no, I cannot spend another. I can't spend another semester in New, in Lubbock, Texas. Sorry, just can't fucking. I can't do it. I have. To, I I don't care what it takes. I'm gonna fucking do this. And yeah. Uh, Xanax every like six hours or so for a while. Wow, uh, that's and a then lot kinda, of anxiety. And then man. like kind of went off of that, uh, and then I finished my I finished uh, college, mm-hmm. you know, in about about a few months later. Uh, and what I should have done was hung out for a little while and got my head exactly where it needed to be. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I I was still pretty unstable at that point, uh, and I should have hung out either at home. Or in Lubbock for a little while, while I got my shit together and I felt really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but instead, I went to Los Angeles. Oh wow! Uh, where my aunt lives, and got a, and I moved in with her, and she got me a job mm-hmm. uh, as a copywriter. Uh, it's the it, this is like the fucking quintessential L.A. copywriting job. It's like I'm working uh, for this company that makes. Uh, let's see here. Uh, decorative chain link fence covers. Right, of course. Okay. Uh, they make uh, seat covers that only fit in the Hollywood Bowl, uh, and uh, emergency disaster kits for pets. Oh my god! And this is what I'm doing copywriting for. You would hate that. I uh, I was having panic attacks in the bathroom on the first day. Oh. Like, I, I mean, just like, I mean, it's it's just one of those things where it's like, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my fucking life. Like, and but I mean, but also like just. Um, you know, just the mental illness like came back. It's like I'm not fucking ready to do this. And call, call me an a, you know, call me lazy. Call me what's wrong with this generation. Call me Mm-mm, whatever no. you like. You know, like there. May, I mean, I still have some some guilt about not being able to power through that. Uh, I still, you know, to this day think like what the, you know. Well, but, you feel bad because your aunt got you the job. That's why I, you feel bad. Yeah. Uh, but it was then, a good thing that you got out of there. Yeah. And then I got out of there and spent the next few days just like crying trying to figure out what the fuck I was going to do. And instead of going home, which is what I probably should have done, I went to Seattle. Oh, where Where. everyone's happy, always. (laughs) I went to fucking Seattle. You were like, I'm depressed. Where should I go? Where should Marcus go? Seattle. Every time, like, I thought, like, okay, I'm I'm starting over. Uh, And I go to Seattle and had, like, a huge... Huge break where I and I was staying on a friend and I was all I was sleeping on a floor mm-hmm. in my friend's apartment 
Uh, and like I would spend just days just on the floor while he was at work. Like I would spend the whole day just on the floor, just like shaking and trying to sleep. Like I w- like trying to sleep the day away so I wouldn't have to wake up. Right, so you don't have to deal with so it. So you don't have to deal with yeah, it. Yeah, I've been trying to do that lately, but my my drugs keep me on a very uh, a very regular sleep wake schedule, and it's so annoying. I'm like, yeah. how? Why can't I sleep the day away anymore? Yeah. Why do I have to be productive? But I know exactly what you're talking about. That becomes your when you're when someone is mentally ill and not properly treated sleep for a lot of us for some for some of us it, it is alcohol it is drugs it is sex it is whatever but for so many of us especially those of us who are high functioning right yeah sleep is our refuge that is the only time our brain is not turned off during sleep but our conscious waking brain is yes and so that is our only escape from some of the misery and so you come to understand why why and how it is that people come to contemplate suicide and sometimes i don't i think sometimes it's not that i was talking to my uncle once and he was saying that suicide isn't necessarily a reaction to depression always yeah. a lot of times it's a reaction to anxiety and to obsessive thoughts you just can't get out of your head and you're just so tired yeah. and you're so tired and you, you you want freedom from it somehow so you were b- bouncing all so you're moving all over you're going from Lubbock to LA to Seattle you have a big break you're laying on the floor all the time shaking right uh, and just and walking around and you know and also like every once in a while like I'd get out uh, and walk around like he lived in a what was it Capitol Hill was where I was staying at the time uh, and I'm walking around Capitol Hill and I'm looking around at all the buildings and the thought that hits me is why the fuck am I not in New York right now <laughs> But so you were like revelation, <laughs> yeah, revelation. It's like you know, like one, uh, but and but then in my mind, I finally went like, but okay, like first of all, I hate the West Coast. Mm-hmm. I fucking hate this place. I hate it from top to bottom. Like, right. I, it just I don't vibe. I Portland, don't vi- Eugene doesn't matter. San Diego. I, I even I spent a, spent a week in Portland mm-hmm. with a cousin of mine. Yeah. Portland, Seattle, L.A. Uh, I just I don't vibe with it. I don't like the energy. It doesn't have the energy that New York has. It doesn't yeah. have the passion that New York has. At least for my, I mean, don't uh, please don't email us like, hey, you didn't. Maybe I didn't find the right people. No, it's that, a different. It is a different it's, energy. It's culturally it's just, different. It's culturally different. Yeah. It's it's much different energy. I had to fucking drive everywhere, uh, and I didn't. I just didn't like it. So what I did is I, I and I had to make that same phone call that you did. And I'm, you know, and I'm getting out there and I'm thinking, like, I'm going to, you know, live life now. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I'm getting away from my parents. I was very p- proud of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just, I had to, I had to call my dad and just say, listen, I got to come home. It's so embarrassing. It's, it's, it's so, so, like. It's so fucking, I mean, I, I made, I made that same phone call you did and it sucked. It sucks. Cause you're just like. Hey, you know, I mean, my family's proud of me. They're excited. You're a comedian. You're traveling. You're going to colleges and talking to the kids about taking care of themselves. Well, now should I be coming? To, <laughs> should I be coming to your college in the fall? Which, if you are at, uh, if you are at, uh, gosh, the University of Indiana or Saddleback College or a f- uh, one other school, I, I am coming to your school. Um, Saddleback. Hell yeah, saddle up. But and no, I, it just I sounds hope like an be... extremely gay school. Well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see when <laughs> I go see, there yeah. and hang out. That's near. Um, I think it's near Laguna Hills, but I'm excited about it. But um, 
you know, my family's very proud of me and, and this is part of my identity. So being having mental illness is part of my identity, but having overcome it is the, the great thing, right? Mm-hmm. So I never present that I'm totally, I've never presented I'm totally fine or I'm totally cured. I, I'm not a guru. I don't have all the answers. I just like to talk and I like to ask questions and I like to hear other people's stories. And so that's really the point of my book. And that is sort of my message when I go and talk to kids. So I'm like, hey guys, so how many of you heard that college was going to be the best time in your life? And they all raised their hand. And I'm like, yeah, so uh, is that not working out for anybody? <laughs> Show of hands. Right. Sometimes college sucks. And that's okay. Yeah. Let's talk about it. And I talk about, you know, I talk about the different pressures that you can deal with and different stressors and then ways that you can cope and take care of yourself and all that kind of thing. And I talk about mental illness and I talk about, you know, I, I try to, I try to take away a bit of the the shame surrounding it, right? The stigma by talking about it. So, so I, 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 it's funny to admit that I feel embarrassed about it. I feel embarrassed about experiencing it again. And it's so embarrassing at 30, to me, 30 just means grown up. That means yeah. adult. 30, you're a grown up. You're an adult. You shouldn't have to depend on your parents for money. You shouldn't have to depend on your, your parents for shelter. You shouldn't have to depend on your parents for all these different things. And I've talked to some friends. My one friend's like, listen, I'm 38 and I had to, you know, ask my parents for $3,000 to pay my taxes last year. Yeah. I have two friends who are single moms who had to move back in with their parents. But I I make excuses in my head. I'm like, well, they had kids. That's different. Yeah. Well, they had, you know, that they, they, you know, need money. That's different. Or, well, they da da da. That's different. I make up all these excuses in my head. Um, and it is different. Everyone's situation is different. But if your fundamental belief is that you suck, you will always come back to that. And I've been coming back to a lot of you suck lately. Um, I just yeah. totally rambled off of your last point, by the way. <laughs> you're not supposed to apologize for that when you're doing broadcasting. But I'll just, whatever, why not? I'll yeah. just say that I just totally rambled. Um, but it's, it's what I wanted to get to was the, it's the embarrassment, you know. And I can, I can hear your story and be like, oh, but you were, in, you were 23, whatever. I can hear my own story from when I was younger and go, but I was 21, whatever. Mm. Um, and I did have another hiccup of sorts when I was 23, but I just came home early from college one semester and yeah. was back. And, and I'm hoping that this time will be even I had a faster at, than that. I had a hiccup at 26. The hiccups happen where you're yeah. just like, ah, gah, gah. Yeah. But it's just, it is, I'm, I'm thankful, I guess, that I don't have a family to support because that would not have been an option right, right now. I'm not, you know, I'm not... I'm not bound for inpatient hospitalization um, unless I break my leg or something. I'm not, you know, I I asked for help when I needed it, Mm -hmm. much like you did. And um, I I, I, I think we agree that we both took it as far as we possibly could. Yeah, I think, well, I think this time, when I was 21, I, I my friends had to contact my parents. I didn't yeah. contact them. When I was 23, I tried to get myself admitted to a psych hospital and they were like no you just need to get a bunch of counseling you're fine <laughs> and then i called my parents to be like hey guess where i am and they were like yeah she's fine yeah i did everything i could to stay out of a hospital yeah and that's and now at 30 i i could have let it go a lot farther like it could have gotten so much fucking worse but i just was like i, I just was i was in so much pain and so 
I, I just was like, fuck it. You know, I need to. Mm-hmm. So I started at first. I started just going home on the weekends and just crying all the time. <laughs> uh, and then I finally was like, all right, we got to deal with this. We got to handle this. So that's that's what we're in the process of doing right now. It feels uh, I feel like I, I want to be an island. You know, I want mm-hmm. to be completely self-sufficient, my own little ecosystem with my own little variety of sweet potatoes like they have in Okinawa, <laughs> I believe my brother was telling me. But I'm not. And I'm I'm. I am a comedian who has not gotten on stage in a, a couple months, and I'm a comedian who does podcasts uh, like Sex and Other Human Activities, and you can always email us if you have thoughts about this program. I would They would be much appreciated. Sarah at SarahBenincasa.com, Twitter.com slash SarahJBenincasa, Twitter.com slash Marcus Parks. But uh, I do feel right now like a bit of uh, a fucking loser and I'm I just handed in my book my lifelong dream to write a book I just handed in the edited version today and I still I still feel like a bit of a loser <laughs> but uh, you know but that's the thing you feel like a bit of a loser a couple weeks ago you felt like a total loser yeah I guess I feel like maybe like uh any during a given day I feel anywhere from 80 percent to like fifty uh, percent loser these days, oh, that's good. and before it was a hundred percent. So if I can, maybe you know, maybe next week, I'll be I'll I'll be dealing with better averages. You know, this this week has been better than last week. So see, once you get to fifty percent, then you start getting back in a winner category. Yeah, <laughs> like I get back into winning. Yeah. <laughs> so that's just that's that's the messy story of, of where I'm at right now. And I thank you for listening, and and of course for Marcus for letting me talk about it and, and, and for sharing his own story. And it's going to get better. We'll see what happens. I guess when uh, the final thing I want to say is that one thing I'm learning, or I'm trying to learn, and I think this is true for everybody, whether you're a performer or whatever you do with your life, you are not your work. Yeah. <laughs> and this has been driven home to me because I have not been able to do the work that I love or even just the work that I like because I've been so mentally ill um you are not your work there is a you that exists outside of what you produce of how much money you make and uh, and that you is valuable i believe that for other people but not for myself and i'm working on believing it for myself mm-hmm. so that's what i'll be doing uh, <laughs> uh some when i'm not doing sex and other human activities and freelancing for various places um that's sort of what I'm working on. So hopefully I'll be able to take a few months and get my shit together like you did. Yeah. You know? And I, you know, and I took uh, a summer. I, I did the same thing. I went home. I stayed with my parents for the for the summer. Um, cried at the dinner table more than a few times for no reason. Uh, yeah, and <laughs> you were in pain. That's why you yeah. cried. Uh, and then, uh, and I worked the entire, I mean, I worked on the ranch the entire time. Oh, which, that's awesome. Which took my mind off of everything, you know, doing nothing like fucking doing heavy manual labor, cattle ranch, and yeah. fucking take your mind off of all that bullshit. Was it hard for you to get out of bed in the morning still? I'm uh, sure I, it was agonizingly hard. I mean, whenever you're waking up at 6 a.m. Yeah. It, yeah. But, but still, goddamn, but whenever you get a you. six foot three father, I did have to take a lot of naps. I will say that. There was some I, napping. They were, but you were was, ranching. You were doing work. There That's was awesome. a lot of napping involved, uh, which did not make me the toughest cowboy, I'll say. Well, it makes you tougher than anyone I've ever met in New York City, <laughs> including like mass murderers who I probably walk by on a daily basis. <laughs> no, I was not a good cowboy. But it still helped me. And I, st- and I still made enough money. And then uh, I came up to New York. It's 
So, and then I met you. Yeah, at the I, Onion, you know, where we shit. also met Todd Hansen. No shit. You know, no shit. I, whenever I first met you, uh, I had been, like, mentally healthy for, like, a month or two. Wow. Yeah. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. I was, like, fresh off of, like... Well, my, you were doing great. You had Fresh to... off of my biggest breakdown. It was, like, yeah. Wow. I, I met you, like, maybe two or three months And here that. we are. Five uh, years. Five years later. Five years later, man. Telling, still telling Jesus. stories about crazy shit <laughs> and our medications and how we're dealing with it and sexy time. Um, well... I'm very glad that we're friends. I'm extremely glad that we're <laughs> Me friends. Me too. And I hope uh, everybody else out there, I, I don't know, I hope you're enjoying it. And uh, the next the next episode, I promise, we will answer more reader mail. And um, if you've got, you know, comments, encouragement <laughs> is always nice. So uh, you can hit us up at sarah at sarahbenengasa.com. And um, uh, if this were a live call-in show, the board would be lighting up. I remember that any time <laughs> I cried on air. Which happened, I think, twice. Uh, the board always lit up. Also, I've never heard anyone uh, say their email address while crying. While crying, it's Sarah. <laughs> it's Marcus at J. SarahRenningCasa.com. Just dealing with some depression and <laughs> deal, working through it, working through the lifelong shit. So anyway, uh, we love you. Thank you for listening, and and go take care of yourselves, and don't don't treat yourselves like assholes. Yeah, don't do <laughs> don't that. do that. I do that pretty much every day. Uh, me too. too. Don't don't do it. Yeah, it's not fun. <laughs> Bye, guys. Goodbye. Goodbye. But you have fun. You have fun. Yeah, you kids go out and have fun. Yeah, yeah. Goodbye.